Welcome back to the Easy AI Podcast, where we demystify the world of artificial intelligence for you. I'm Nova, your guide on this digital journey. Today, we are joined once again by our beloved recurrent guest, Joseph the Robot, who will shed some light on an intriguing aspect of AI, subsymbolic AI. Hi, Joseph. Ready to dive deep into this fascinating topic? Hello, Nova, and hello, listeners. I'm always ready to delve into the incredible world of AI, and today's topic is particularly exciting. To kick things off, Joseph, many of our listeners might be more familiar with symbolic AI. Could you briefly tell us what subsymbolic AI is and how it differs from symbolic? Certainly, Nova. Subsymbolic AI refers to approaches in artificial intelligence that don't rely on explicit symbols or rules like symbolic AI does. Instead, subsymbolic AI operates on patterns and numerical values, processing information in a way that's inspired by the human brain's neural networks. That sounds quite complex. Could you perhaps give us an example of subsymbolic AI in action? One common example is image recognition. In subsymbolic AI, instead of defining rules for recognizing objects, the system learns from a vast number of images. It adjusts its internal parameters, essentially learning to identify patterns and features that distinguish one object from another. I see. So it's more about learning from examples than following predefined rules. But how exactly does a subsymbolic system learn? Subsymbolic systems learn through a process called training. In the context of neural networks, this involves adjusting the weights of connections between neurons. By processing large data sets and using algorithms like backpropagation, they minimize errors in their predictions or categorizations. You've mentioned neural networks a few times now. Are all subsymbolic AI systems based on neural networks? While neural networks are a major component of subsymbolic AI, they are not the only approach. Subsymbolic AI also encompasses other techniques like genetic algorithms, fuzzy systems, and reinforcement learning, among others. Ah, so it's a broader term than just neural networks. Speaking of neural networks, can you tell us more about how they work and their structure? Absolutely. Neural networks are composed of layers of nodes, or neurons, that are interconnected. There are three main types of layers. The input layer, which receives the initial data, hidden layers, where the computation is done, and the output layer, which presents the final result. The neurons in these layers process input by applying a set of weights and a transfer function to produce an output. Interesting. How does this structure enable a subsymbolic AI system to perform tasks like image recognition? In image recognition, each layer of neurons might be responsible for identifying increasingly complex features. The first layer might detect edges and corners, the second layer could identify basic shapes, and further layers might discern textures, colors, or specific object parts. Finally, the network combines these features to recognize whole objects or scenes. That layer-by-layer -layer approach seems quite intuitive. But how does subsymbolic AI deal with uncertainty or ambiguous data? That's a great question. Subsymbolic AI handles uncertainty and ambiguity using techniques like probabilistic reasoning. For example, in a neural network, the final output often includes confidence levels, indicating the probability that its recognition or decision is correct. This neural network approach seems quite robust. Are there any limitations to subsymbolic AI? Indeed, there are some limitations. One challenge is the black box nature of subsymbolic AI, as it can be difficult to interpret why the system made a certain decision. Additionally, 
These systems generally require a large amount of data to learn effectively, and the training process can be computationally intensive. The black box issue often concerns people. How is the AI research community addressing this interpretability problem? There are ongoing efforts to develop techniques for what's called explainable AI. This includes creating more transparent neural network architectures, developing methods to visualize what networks are learning, and devising ways to explain the reasoning behind AI decisions in human understandable terms. Let's talk about data for a second. You mentioned subsymbolic AI requires a lot of it. What kind of data is needed and where does it come from? Subsymbolic AI systems can be trained on various types of data, depending on the task. Images, audio, text, or numerical data. The data must be large and diverse enough to represent the many variations the system will encounter. It often comes from public data sets, proprietary collections, or is generated through simulations. That leads me to another question. How does one ensure that the data used for training subsymbolic AI is unbiased and representative? Ensuring unbiased and representative data is crucial. This involves scrutinizing data sets for diversity, implementing fair data collection practices, and continuously evaluating the system's outputs for any signs of bias. Researchers and developers must be vigilant and proactive in mitigating data bias. What about the real-world applications of subsymbolic AI? Where might our listeners see its impact most? Subsymbolic AI is everywhere. It's behind the voice recognition in virtual assistants, recommendation algorithms on streaming services, fraud detection systems in finance, and even in autonomous vehicle technology. Its applications are vast and continue to expand as the technology matures. With such widespread applications, it must require significant computational power. How do we reconcile the growth of subsymbolic AI with concerns about energy consumption and environmental impact? The AI field is increasingly aware of these concerns. Researchers are looking into more energy-efficient neural network models, such as spiking neural networks that mimic the energy-saving aspects of biological brains. Moreover, there's work on optimizing algorithms and hardware to reduce the carbon footprint of training and running subsymbolic AI systems. Before we wrap up, Joseph, what future developments should we look out for in subsymbolic AI? Expect to see advances in energy efficiency, as just mentioned, but also improvements in generalization, where AI systems can perform well in a wide range of situations they weren't specifically trained on. We might also witness breakthroughs in integrating subsymbolic and symbolic approaches, leveraging the strengths of both. Joseph, it seems we've only scratched the surface of subsymbolic AI today. Thank you for sharing your insights and making this complex topic more accessible to our listeners. It's been my pleasure, Nova. I always enjoy discussing the nuances of AI, and I look forward to future conversations on other thrilling aspects of this field. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Easy AI Podcast. A special thanks to Joseph the Robot for joining us and to all our listeners tuning in. Keep an eye out for our next episode. And until then, stay curious and keep exploring the digital world around us. Goodbye and take care. Goodbye, everyone. Keep embracing the wonders of AI.